Welcome to Full Rigor, a Florida true crime podcast. I'm Karen Curtis, and this week we're going to be talking about a 37-year-old cold case. Not a lot of information on this case either. In fact, I can't even tell you the cause of death, but what is available, I will share with you. Here's how it all began. Okay, so we know she's black and blue, and she's dead on the floor of Murray's Pub. She was a bookkeeper there, the manager of the pub. Her name was Jerry Emkin, and she was 41 years old. Murray's Pub is in Broward County. It was. It's no longer there. In Pompano Park, it's now kind of a warehouse district. And the pub was owned by Jerry's brother-in-law, Mickey James, who you heard there on the 911 call. Emkin's murder on October 7th, 1985, is still baffling the BSO cold case homicide unit. They hope to receive leads and tips that result in an arrest or arrests to close this case. That's why I'm doing the podcast. Maybe someone out there knows something. And I'm going to give you every shred of evidence, every little tidbit in detail about this case that's available to me right now. And maybe it'll spark a memory in one of you listening to Full Rigor. So on the morning of October 7th, 1985, Emkin arrived at her job as a bookkeeper at Murray's Pub, which was owned by her brother-in-law, Mickey James. That's her sister, Nancy's husband. And that morning, detectives believe that she went about her regular routine. They surmise that at some point she opened a locked back door of the bar to someone she knew. And later that morning, Mickey James and a vending company employee arrived at the bar and found Emkin's body lying on the kitchen floor covered in bruises. She was black and blue. She had been murdered. I noticed the door was unlocked. I, I would just open the door, which I thought was very strange. And then we kept calling her and calling her and no answer, no answer. Look at them back and forth. Look in the bar area. Her car was out front. And just couldn't figure where she was so I went back again to the back storage room and it came back towards my office and I looked to the left and I that's where I found her laying on the floor okay so going back to the 911 call that Mickey James made it doesn't make sense to me he finds her body lying on the floor he obviously knows it's her but listen to what he says on the 911 call 911 is this an emergency yes it is uh, I see a girl's pass out her dead in my bar I think a girl is either passed out or dead on the floor of my bar. Well, he knows it's Jerry Emkin. Why would he call her a girl? And she's black and blue. I don't understand that call. So moving on. BSO cold case unit detective David Towsley is still working this case. And I have a call into him because I have some questions. But he believes... She was targeted. We just need to find out why. It was a violent murder, which is indicative of somebody with a personal vendetta against her or maybe a crime of passion, something like that. Whoever it was just left. There was money available there. There was all kinds of things that could have been taken. And apparently nothing was taken out of the business. 
So again, the brother-in-law, Mickey James, is the husband of Nancy. That's Jerry's sister. And he owned Murray's Pub in Pompano Park. That's where the body was found. He had hired Jerry in order to help her out because she went through a really rough divorce in the early 80s. And she was looking for a fresh start. On the heels of a painful divorce, she left Arizona, moved to South Florida to be near her sister and her brother-in-law. And then a few years later, she was a victim of homicide in a case that's still cold. So initially, police said that they had several suspects, but they must have ruled them out. Because today, they have no suspects. They have very little evidence to go on. Now, Jerry's Datsun, the 240Z, if you remember that car, was parked outside of the pub. And James knew his sister-in-law and bookkeeper had to be nearby because her car was there. But she usually kept the doors locked to Murray's pub because there was lots of money in there. And Mickey believes that Jerry opened the locked back door because she looked through the window and saw her killer and must have known him or her. Evidently, she had the door locked and whoever she let in, she knew. Because on the door, I had put a window where you could see eye level who's at the door if they ring the buzzer and knock on the door. So whoever it was, she knew or she wouldn't have left them in. There's just no way. She was very careful about stuff like that because she knew we had a lot of money in there to cash payroll checks. So I have a request in for her autopsy report, but based on what I'm hearing from the 911 call and the violent nature of her death, I believe she was beaten to death. So that is a very personal way to kill somebody. And if she knew that person and opened the door to the killer, it sounds like it was a hand-to-hand type of combat situation. So there should be DNA. There should be DNA under her fingernails if she fought back. Uh, There should be potentially fingerprints on her. There's new technology today. You know, DNA was in its infancy in the late 90s, and this happened in the 80s. So a lot of advances have been made, and hopefully... Her clothing and some items are still available so they can run DNA on them. Now, after calling 911, Mickey called his wife, Nancy, that would be Jerry's sister, and she came right over to the bar. I get out of the car, and I I think I just kind of broke down because there was a picture of me in the paper um, leaning over one of the cars, and I was crying, and they told me that she had been murdered. So who do you suspect in a murder like that? You basically suspect the boyfriend or the husband or the ex-husband. And she had two out of three on that one. There's no suspects that have been identified, not even her ex-husband who lived in Arizona. They were from Phoenix, Arizona. And then she did remarry when she got to Florida and her spouse, Eugene Emkin, later died of natural causes. He obviously must have been ruled out. Now, BSO cold case detectives have descriptions of two vehicles that were seen near Murray's pub at the time of Emkin's murder. The first is a white pickup truck. The second is a blue pickup truck. Here's Detective Towsley. One of them they described as an American-made full-size pickup truck, which was blue, had a roll bar on it with two lights on the roll bar, and then it had a white painted stripe around the top cab of the truck. Nobody was ever able to identify that pickup truck. The roll bar was black with lights on it. Also, there was a payphone near the bar. If anybody stopped that morning to use the payphone and saw anything, heard anything, saw anybody coming and going from the business, remembers her car being out there, 
those are the people we want to talk to. But, you know, 37 years later, BSO cold case detectives don't have any more clues. Was Jerry having some sort of an affair with another man who was angry? Who would have a personal vendetta against her? She was targeted. Detective Towsley is still hoping a new tip will lead to an arrest. He's promised the family that eventually there will be justice. I promise them that we will do everything in our power to try to solve this case and bring justice. I mean, she's working in a bar, but it's in the morning. And, you know, all kinds of narrative wells are attracted to bars. And there's a lot of money in there. So there's no sexual assault that I am aware of. And no money was taken, and there was plenty of money in the pub. It was just a personal beatdown on Jerry Emkin. So who did it? Anyone who might have seen these vehicles that we described, or if you have any information on Jerry Emkin's homicide, you can contact Detective Towsley at 954-321-4210. And you can remain anonymous. I mean, more than 37 years later, her sister Nancy James remains heartbroken over her sudden and violent death. We were extremely close, and I miss her dearly every day. She did deserve this. She was a good person. Whoever did this should never have gotten away with it. Now, the Broward County Sheriff Gregory Tony says unsolved crimes or cold cases will never be placed on the back shelf at the BSO or forgotten. And the passage of time will not delay their quest for justice. In 2019, BSO created a full-time cold case unit. The primary function is to investigate unsolved homicides and sex crimes. The cases date back to 1963, one year after my birth. Ugh. And today there's about 350 cold cases that remain open. Wow. The trail of evidence may have gone cold for these cases, but the pain for the families never goes away. And the detectives that are investigating these cases never give up. They're searching for that one clue that could lead them to the suspect or killer. Now, as I stated earlier, there's been significant technological advances that are helping to solve some of these cold cases. I mean, 30 years ago, DNA testing was in its infancy. And today, detectives can retest physical evidence to identify potential suspects and link them to a crime. And processing the fingerprints, wow, it has come a long way. Even minute, unique details of an individual fingerprint can be discerned by new programs and faster, more accurate identification. Plus, you've got the centralized APHIS fingerprint database. So back in the day, you had to mail fingerprint cards out all over the country. Now you can just put the fingerprint in and it scans to find a match. So if Jerry was beaten to death, I think surely there must be DNA on her body, under her fingernails, somewhere, on her clothing, or even a fingerprint. And I do believe they can lift fingerprints off a body. Or even better, touch DNA. In fact, advancements in technology helped to solve the murder of a young Sarasota mother in 2021. She was killed 35 years ago, and Sarasota police detectives had the evidence, documented the crime scene, and had their person of interest. But the one thing they were missing to find Denise Stafford's killer was the technology. And now they finally closed the case. Denise was 28 years old. She had a newborn baby daughter. She was killed in 1985 while at home with the baby. Police said her husband was at work. Her body was found on October 13th, 1985. 
So in November of 2020, police said that they had been re-examining the evidence from the crime scene. And last year, a civilian investigator with fresh eyes, Jeff Birdwell, started looking at the old evidence. And advances in DNA technology like touch DNA allowed him to re-examine Denise's clothing and have it analyzed. Original detectives in the crime scene technicians provided us the foundation to to bring us to today. The investigators credit the new technology and, of course, all of those that worked diligently before them who started the investigation and had the pieces of the puzzle ready for them to reanalyze. This is the case that proves tenacity by this agency. So that person of interest, Joseph Magaletti, was never identified as a suspect. That was until last year when Jeff Birdwell began looking at the old evidence. And based on how Denise was killed, Birdwell believed that her body had been moved. So he sent pieces of her clothing that may have been touched by the killer as he moved her to be re-examined and analyzed. And on those garments, underneath her knees and around her ankles, from her pants, we got a DNA hit. And that came back to Joseph. Joseph Magaletti. Yeah. And Magaletti had worked with Stafford's husband at a local bar. So here we have the bar angle again. Was the person that killed Jerry Emkin someone that she knew that worked at the bar? She knew who it was. That's why she let him in the back door. It's unclear. Magaletti's motive was unclear. Birdwell said he had a drug addiction. But in the case of Jerry Emkin, nothing was taken. No money, no nothing. It was more personal. It was more violent. Magaletti was already serving a life sentence for the 1995 homicide of his neighbor in Sarasota County. So he was a busy man there in Sarasota. Get this. He died behind bars in 2015. But that doesn't matter because... Even though he's dead, the family has closure. Here's Denise's mom, Dorla Nipper. I just want to thank not only these gentlemen here, but all the detectives from the beginning. I didn't want to see any other mother go through what our family has. So right now, investigators are trying to connect the late Magaletti with two other homicides, both within the city and county of Sarasota. So there is hope that Jerry Emkin's murder will be solved because, remember, there's no statute of limitations on murder. Well, that wraps up this episode of Full Rigor. Check me out on Instagram at Full Rigor Podcast. I've got photos of Jerry Emkin and Denise Stafford there. Also, I just wanted to ask you to give me a good rating if you liked my podcast, because I'm on all the basic platforms, Apple, Spotify, wherever you find your podcasts. So please download, subscribe, and give me five stars if you liked it. Thanks for listening. Until next time.